the eleventh day of the month. The wicked borrow and do not pay back, but the righteous are generous and keep giving. Psalm 37, verse 21. God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. Today we consider generosity as a fruit of the Spirit. The gospel often sounds like a sheer foolishness when judged by human wisdom. God seems not to care about how much we earn, though it is by this measure that people in our society largely judge one another. Rather, God cares about how much of what we give away, a matter never mentioned by those who want to impress us with their incomes. Furthermore, many regard the term cheerful giver as an oxymoron. Surely, they suppose, it is those who cling to what they have that are happy. Often fundraisers advise us to give until it hurts. Someone, knowing that to be very bad advice, offer this alteration. Give until it stops hurting. But even a further change is needed. Give until it is fun, and then continue to give because it is fun. How truly happy are those who discover that it is great fun to give away money, and time, and talent as well. In an ironic way, being generous may be the most self-serving style of life to be imagined. For the cheerful giver receives a joy from being generous that tightwads can never know. Such are the ways God has of surprising us. Ask yourself this day, am I a cheerful giver or a reluctant one? When giving away something, do I ever quietly utter this prayer? O oh Lord, help me to give away even more. How often do I recall John Wesley's rule? Earn all you can, save all you can, give away all you can. How can I increase both my gifts and my eagerness to give? Opening Prayer God of high heaven, by coming to earth to dwell among us, to die for us, you have demonstrated the greatest generosity possible. Enable us to see in the manger and the cross the joy of giving ourselves fully in your service. Snatch from us the fear that if we give away what we have, we will have less or even nothing. Cause us to know that those who would save their lives lose them while those who lose their lives for the sake of the gospel truly find them. We pray through him who taught us this in both word and deed, Jesus Christ, the perfect offering. Amen. Psalm 112, verses 1-7 Alleluia! Blessed man, blessed woman, who fear God, who cherish and relish his commandments, their children robust on the earth, and the homes of the upright how blessed. Their houses brim with wealth and a generosity that never runs dry. Sunrise breaks through the darkness for good people, God's grace and mercy and justice. The good person is, ju is generous and lends lavishly. No shuffling or stumbling around for this one, but a sterling and solid and lasting reputation, unfazed by rumor and gossip. Heart ready, trusting in God, spirit firm, unperturbed, ever blessed, relaxed among enemies. They lavish gifts on the poor, a generosity that goes on and on and on. From the book of Genesis, chapter 43, 
verses 16 through 34. When Joseph saw Benjamin with him, he said to his house steward, Bring the man into the house, and slay an animal and make ready, for the men are to dine with me at noon. So the man did as Joseph said, and brought the men to Joseph's house. And the men were afraid, because they were brought to Joseph's house, and they said, It is because of the money that was returned in our sacks the first time that we were being brought in, that he may seek occasion against us and fall upon us and take us for slaves with our donkeys. So they came near to Joseph's house steward and spoke to him at the entrance of the house and said, Oh, my Lord, we indeed came down the first time to buy food. And it came about when we came to the lodging place that we opened our sacks. And behold, each man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full. So we have brought it back in our land. We have also brought down other money in our hand to buy food. We do not know who put our money in our sacks. He said, Be at ease. Do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasures in your sack. I had your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. Then the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water. They washed their feet, and he gave their donkeys fodder. So they prepared the present for Joseph's coming at noon, for they had heard that they were to eat a meal there. When Joseph came home, they brought into the house to him the present which was in their hand and bowed to the ground before him. Then he asked them about their welfare, and he said, Is your old father well, of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? They said, Your servant, our father, is well. He is still alive. They bowed down in homage. As he lifted his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, he said, Is your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? And he said, May God be gracious to you, my son. Joseph hurried out, for he was deeply stirred over his brother, and he sought a place to weep. And he entered his chamber and wept there. Then he washed his face and came out, and he controlled himself, and he said, Serve the meal. So they served him by himself, and them by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that is loathsome to the Egyptians. Now they were seated before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked at one another in astonishment. He took portions to them from his own table, but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs. So they feasted and drank freely with him. From 1 Corinthians, chapter 7, verses 10 through 24. But to the married, I give instructions, not I, but the Lord, that the wife should not leave her husband. But if she does leave, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband, and that the husband should not divorce his wife. But to the rest I say, not the Lord, but that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever, and she consents to live with him, he must not divorce her. And a woman who has an unbelieving husband, and he consents to live with her, she must not send her husband away. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified through her believing husband. For otherwise your children are unclean, but now they are holy. Yet if the unbelieving one leaves, let him leave. The brother or the sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? Only as the Lord has assigned to each of you. As God has called each in this manner, let him walk. And so I direct in all the churches, was any man called when he was already circumcised? He is not to become uncircumcised. Has anyone been called in uncircumcision? He is not to be circumcised. 
Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing. But what matters is the keeping of the commandments of God. Each man must remain in that condition in which he was called. Were you called while a slave? Do not worry about it. But if you are able to become free, rather do that. For he who is called to the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slaves. You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brethren, each one of you is to remain with God in that condition in which he was called. From the Gospel of Mark, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 20. They came to the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gerasenes. When he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him, and he had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one was able to bind him any more, even with a chain, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly night and day he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains, gashing himself with stones. Seeing just Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him, and shouting with a loud voice, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had been saying, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, What is your name? And he said to him, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he began to implore him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain. The demons implored him, saying, Send us into the swine so that we may enter them. Jesus gave them permission, and coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herds rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about two thousand of them, and they were drowned in the sea. The herdsmen ran away and reported it in the city and in the country, and the people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down, clothed and in his right mind the very man who had had the legion, and they became frightened. Those who had seen it described to them how it had happened to the demon-possessed man and all about the swine, and they began to implore him to leave their region, and he was getting into the moat. The man who had been demon-possessed was imploring him that he might accompany him, and he did not let him, but he said to him, Go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. This is the reading of the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Prayer for Saturday. Prepare our hearts, O Lord to join together with your whole congregation, to praise and serve you. Reveal your presence to all who will gather in adoration and self-offering. To those who cannot for good reason go gladly into your house, give your strength and consolation that they may know of the concern of their communities of faith. Make us receptive to your word for us and enable us to know and do your will. Bind your people together in a shared faith, a common witness, and compassionate service to the world. Through Jesus, our Savior. Amen. A prayer by Michael Kuist, entitled, My Friend.
I shook hands with my friend, Lord, and suddenly when I saw his sad and anxious face, I feared that you were not in his heart. I am troubled, as I am troubled before a closed tabernacle when there is no light to show that you are there. If you are not there, Lord, my friend and I would be separated, for his hand and mine would be only flesh and flesh, and his love for me that of man for man. I want your life for him as well as for me, for it is only in you that he can be my brother. Amen. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.